September 19th, Oswald Chambers has a message in his devotional. I almost raised highest. Do not, do you continue to go with Jesus? Today's Oswald was transformation by insight. Getting to know God so that you understand how he can, if you got to know him, how you can be transformed by just knowing him and knowing how he does things, what he works, which is my example of what I just shared with you with Danny and what I just shared with Erica. They have that ability to be transformed by the insight, finding out who God really is, and not God on this earth, but God, period, which means the realms and the other things that we get to be, be part of. But then my, my next thing is, is the same message is teaching on Tuesday about sin being gone, dead, over. There's no life being pumped back into it. It's all a bunch of facades and echoes and, and, and shadows that you're, you're living in instead of living in the power of God, which means I've defeated all that and I've, I've redeemed and remitted. All of that is paid for. So we don't have to have, have any impact on our life anymore. So then it goes back. There, you are they which have continued with me in my temptations. So are we and have we continued with Christ through his temptations, not ours. The devil attacked him, kept offering him, hey, you know, I'll give you everything. I don't care that you're the son of God. Don't worry about that. You just come over my side. I'll give you everything. Sad thing that the devil isn't smart enough to figure out, I guess, that Jesus knew. He already had everything. It was his dad that created it all, right? So he didn't, you know, well, how's the devil going to tempt him? Didn't stop him from trying, did it? Here's the crazy thing. Devil's tempting you that all your shit's still real. Dumbest thing I could ever see in the world. How in the heck did he come to you knowing that this is all dead and gone and buried and redeemed and remitted? How could he talk to you guys and convince you that it's still real? And you believe him. Instead of remembering the promise of God. That it's done. It's over. As long as you're staying in Christ Jesus, there is no such thing as sin anymore. You can't have the seed of Christ in you and sin because the seed of Christ never did. So you are his seed, not your own. It is true that Jesus Christ is with me, with us in our temptations. But are we going with him and his? Many of us cease to go with Jesus from the moment we have an experience of what he can do. He comes in, he does something for us. Oh, that's cool. Remember the 10 lepers? Thanks. And nine of them took off. Soon as he found out what he could do for them, they never came back. If I met a man that could cure my leprosy, that dude would have to have a jackhammer to get me off his foot, off the bottom of his foot. I would hang on to him with, here's a guy that can actually fix a huge, I have a life now that I didn't have. I'd be hanging on to him with everything he had to say. And I would think as many times as Christ shows up for you in, in this life we have now, you'd be hanging on in with everything you have too, and you don't. Jesus comes and reveals himself. He fixes the problem for you. Oh, my God, that's a, a problem. God, God fixed it. And then a week later, you're back in a, in a big muck of mire again. I'm like, why? Did you forget? Do you think, you think he's a, a one and done? He did it one time. He can't do it again. Why are you not with him? Battling with him in the situations you're in instead of trying to battle through your nonsense that's not even true. Many of us cease to go with Jesus the moment we have an experience of what he can do. Watch when God shifts your circumstances and see whether you're going with him or not. He fixes the situation. See what your next thoughts are. Are you picking up the baton and leading the, and leading the parade? All of a sudden you're, you're some, some big deal now? I got this now. Thanks, Lord. I got this now. Yeah, you got that, all right. We wear his badge. Excuse me. Watch when God shifts your circuit and we see whether it's going with Jesus or siding with the world, the flesh, and the devil. We wear his badge. We all want to call ourselves Christians. But are we going with him? Are we living our life according to what his word says? Are we still living our life according to our you know, the devil and the world's circumstances and all the things that are going on in our world. From that time, many of his disciples went back and they walked no more with him. He said, you must eat my body and drink my blood. My body is, in fact, food. And my blood is, in fact, drink. You need to do that. And they're, they're like, what? This guy's lost his mind. Forget everything else he'd done for him, right? 
feeding 5,000 men and, and then all the women and children, 4,000 men and all the women and the children. You always hear about the feeding 4,000 to 5,000. Do you know that was men only? Right? You knew that didn't include all the women and children. So the chances that every one of those men probably had at least, you know, a woman with them. At least two-thirds of them did. Okay? And they all had children. And he fed all of those people. So we can have experiences like that. He, they see him heal lepers. They heal, see the heal the lame. They see him taking care of all these things. And then first thing he says, hey, well, you must eat my body and drink my blood. I, first thing I said, what do you mean by that? Okay, I'd at least ask a question. I wouldn't have run off. This guy is the winner of everything in my life. Oh my God, he does everything. He's healed everything. He's fixed everything. No matter what he does, he takes care of it. He's not afraid of these you know, Pharisees and Sadducees. I'd have been, I'd have been standing in front of him with my hand up. So I'm cool with you what you said, but I just like to have a little insight. What do you mean? I mean, if I'm going to eat your body and drink your blood, you mean as long as I'm rolling with you, we're good, right? Is that what that means? He'd go, yeah. Do I care how he said it? These people ran off because of how he said it. So they were like good time Charlies, right? They're fair weather friends. They weren't for real. They weren't in, they weren't in this to win this. They were, they were in this thing just to, just to get some you know, free gift. That's all they cared about. Some little thing, a problem, situation in their life fixed in their life, so now they're happy. Hang around looking for the crumbs from the table. The temptations of Jesus continued throughout his earthly life, and they will continue throughout the life of the Son of God in us as well. So our temptations are going to continue. But remember, there's no temptation that's not common to man, right? Amen. But God is faithful to make a way for you and I to escape if, you and him to escape if you're going to stand with him, right? They will continue throughout the life of the Son of God in us. Are we going with Jesus in this life? This life that we're living now, is this one that you could say that Jesus is with you in this life? Or are you still just running your own show? I can tell you from the testimonies and things I hear, most of you are still trying to figure out how to, be, how to create a better version of you. There is no such thing. I've only told you that a thousand times. There is no better version of you. You're broken. You're Adam and Eve. That was decided in the, in the first few uh, chapters of Genesis. You can't fix that mess. That's broke. There's no way to fix that. So we have to go on with Christ because Christ is <coughs> the one that has fixed it, right? Bought our lives. Bought with the price of blood. Shed on, on Calvary for us. The life's no longer our own, so let's just follow after him. Servants, bond slaves. We have the idea that we ought to shield ourselves from some of the things that God brings around us. Never. Take it on, let him teach you. Let him teach you and help you experience more things so your hope can grow, right? Never. God engineers circumstances. And whatever they may be like, we have to see what, that we face him while abiding continually with him and his temptations. Whatever you're going to go through, look what I've gone through the last few years. I just kept going with him. Learned lots and lots of stuff and still learning new stuff. All based on what he told me he was going to teach me. I'm still growing. So did, was, it, was there a mistake there? Was there a problem? No. It was ordained by God for him to teach me to be who, to be who he wants me to be. And I want to be everything he wants me to be. The only way I can do that is make myself available, right? They're his temptations, not temptations to us. He's going to use them to grow us up. But temptations to the life of the Son of God in us. The honor of Jesus Christ is at stake in your bodily life. When you are following after him, when you pick up the baton and you take off and you go do something stupid in your flesh again, his honor has just got sullied. All of a sudden, you know, he wasn't good enough for you. All of a sudden, you just told the whole world and everyone around that your situation is different. That he, what he does didn't matter. We go, no, no, that's not what I meant. That's exactly what you meant. Because if you believed it was all about honoring him, you would not make a move without him. Ever. I don't and I won't. The honor of Jesus Christ is at stake in your body life. You are remaining, are you remaining loyal to the Son of God and things which beset his life in you? Always, it's not convenient to be a Christian. It's not convenient to be a follower of Christ. Because you're out there trying to make something of yourself, right? Just like you were trying to do? You're the one. Okay, I guess that worked out so well for you, right? No. 
Now you come back and listen to what I tell you, and now all of a sudden, everybody's coming to you to learn. Well, where'd that come from? Hmm. Do you continue to go with Jesus? The way lies through a Gethsemane. Not my will, but your will be done, Father. Through the city gate, outside of the camp, picking up our cross and following after him, right? <coughs> the way lies alone. Do not think you're taking a troop with you. Dig around going all by yourself and maybe, maybe somebody will join you at some point in time. And the way lies until there is no trace of a footstep left. There's nothing for you to follow. Because we always want to look for a, for, for a path or some crumbs or whatever. And God goes, no, follow me. And pretty soon when you're spiritual, guess what you do? You follow him. And there's nothing to see to see that you are. You just know. You're so connected with him. If there was a variance in that, you'd know something was wrong. So your spirit's following his spirit because it's the same spirit of both of you. And so there's no reason for crumbs to follow. The way he lies until there's no trace of footstep left. Only the voice following me. The still small voice, him saying, just do this. Grab your scriptures. Go to Romans chapter 4 to start with. Romans chapter 4, verse 13. This is going to lay a foundation for us to understand a little bit. For the promise, the father of many nations, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs. Faith is made void. <laughs> no reason to have faith who can be made that way through the law. And the promise made of no effect. Because the law works for wrath. You want to follow the law, do it your way. All it's got coming for you is wrath. So keep doing it your way. And remember, I got the sword of wrath to come back against you and, and, and take vengeance for God, right? So you go ahead and stay in wrath of what I'm going to do and keep killing you until you decide to quit doing that. Where there's no law is, there's no transgression. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace, the divine influence of God, the divine influence of God only, to the end that the promise might be sure to all of the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but that to which also is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, all the, the worldly Gentiles too, that start following by faith. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him, whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were. Made a way with the wasn't a way. He called those things that are not as though they were. He says, just watch this. I'm going to create the ways to make this happen. Same God today as he was then. So you've got a situation you don't know how to get out of. Why don't you call upon the name of the Lord and watch him make a way that doesn't exist yet. So you can come out the other side and go, dang, that was cool, right? And then give thanks and hang on to his, you know, shirt tails. Who against hope believed in hope, Abraham, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in the faith, he considered not his own body how dead when he was, that, that was about a hundred years old, either at the dead, deadness of Sarah's womb. Not only was he a hundred and something years old and, and everything didn't work, Sarah had never had kids and her womb had been dead her whole life. And God goes, oh, I'm going to bring a, a child to you guys, a seed. It's going to be the father of, and you'll be the father of many nations. And he chose to believe. That didn't mean Abraham didn't fall down a whole bunch of times before he finally realized, i got to quit doing this, right? Well, how many times do you got to fall down before you decide to quit doing this? Abraham at least came out the other side. And I'm sorry for the story from what I see about Abraham. I guess it was in his behalf that he came out the other side, right? But what's that say about you if you haven't come out the other side yet? Where does that put you in this time? He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, thanking God, glorifying God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness' sake. Now, it is not 
written for his sake alone, that it was imputed to him. But for us, so we could see this testimony, so we could make like decisions as he made. But for us, also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord from the dead, if we believe on him, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again to justify everything he said was true. Chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, all of us, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access by faith into the same grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations work patience in us. Patience gives us a chance to wait upon God, have a new experience, and the new experience is going to give us some hope. So make us want to go, okay, well, this was the right decision. Let me make this right decision more often. Not make it one and done. But to make it more often. And hope makes us not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. So now we can love everybody unconditionally because he gave us his love to do it. And all the rules and all the conditions and all the circumstances that we carry, we don't have to carry anymore. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for us, the ungodly, right? Chapter 8. Verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy even to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Read that verse to yourself. Just, hey, see what it says. I, I reckon, I have to figure this out, and in my mind as I figure this out, that what's got, got set aside for me, for, by, for me listening to him, it's not even worthy to talk about this crap I'm in right now. Because it's set aside, everything he's got set aside for me is so much more you know, magnificent and incredible that why would I waste my time worrying about this moment? For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God, waiting for us to get our ducks in a row. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by the reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Christ, or God, did both. He sent the fallen nature upon Adam and Eve. He put the whole creation got put down that day. It was fallen. And for that fallen nature, it remained fallen. But then he Told him about some hope that was going to come. His son that was going to come back and write things. This is 4,000 years later. But he's a man of his word. Four days to him. 4,000 4, 4, years later, he brings his son and he does reconcile things. Okay, now there's, a, now there's a reason for us to have hope, right? Christ in our life. And we're still waiting for what? His second coming. So we can finally turn this all around and get a brand new earth and a brand new heaven. We broke the last one. We're waiting for a new one. Well, first promise came true. He showed up and took care of the, the problems we had in the moment. Instead of just live with me from now to when I come back again, you're good. You don't. Oh, boy. I don't know what's wrong with you, right? If you live with me the next, next little bit we got going on here, when I come back the second time, you're going to set up there a thousand years of just woosah. Have this whole life sitting there. And somehow we can't find our way to be consistent. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption and to the glorious freedom and liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails and pain together until now. Everything's still falling apart. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. We want our body redeemed. But I guess you'd have to want to have your sins remitted and start living that life first, right? And then you'd want to say, okay, now I, got, now I just want to get the rest of this, want to get this over with. I'm going to keep paying my payments until you redeem and give me the title of this deal. But I'll get that crown of life. That's what I'm going to do. But I'm going to live this life on purpose. But I'm waiting for the last day to get here. And you guys are so busy living today and having your fun and, and playing in this world. You've all forgot about the second coming. Y'all want me to teach you that eschatology again. Why would I do that? When you're still living today's life by the cares of the world and all the things here, you know, you, there, there's no reason to talk to you about the second coming. You haven't even accepted the first yet. Information ain't going to set you free. 
Until you get revealed what God said about sins being dead and gone and they aren't here anymore and you start living accordingly, there's no reason to teach you about a second coming. What a waste of time. But if you have made that decision and you're living this life according to the, the, the patience and the will of God today, you bet your boots you're waiting for that second coming. Why? Because I don't know how much more I can take of this. This stuff's ugly. This world's going to hell. Well, that's already there. But this is bad. But he'll make sure you have everything you need to get to the other end. And not only they only, but also we just have the first fruit of the Spirit so ourselves grown within ourselves waiting for the adoption to with the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen isn't hope. For what a man sees, why would you hope for that? Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray as, for, as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us groanings, which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So we have the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us and give us tongues to cry out for what we need. Chapter 15. Verse 1. We then that are strong, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good edification. Let's make sure we're doing what we're doing so we can help others. That's where we're trying to learn it. For when Christ pleased not himself, but it was written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. All your sins fell on him. For what sort of things were written before that time were written for learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Because we are doing the right thing and they would encourage us. You're not doing the wrong thing, they're only going to condemn you repeatedly. Because there's only, there's no for there, therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. But if you're not in Christ Jesus yet, guess what you got? Condemnation. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like minded one to another. According as Christ Jesus that you may be with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive you one another as Christ also received us through the glory of God. But I say that Jesus Christ is the minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. So he's here to confirm the promises to us. But I guess you'd have to be walking with him to get a promise confirmed. Hmm. That, he, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he says, receive you the Gentiles, rejoice you Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord all you Gentiles and laud him all you people. And again Isaiah said, there shall be a root of Jesse that shall be rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentiles trust. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in your believing that he might abound to hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hmm. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I already read this one, but I'll read it to you again. Chapter 10, verse 122. Moreover, brethren, I would not, starting one, you be ignorant how that our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. We're all baptized into Moses, the cloud and the sea, and they all eat the same spiritual meat. They all drink the same spiritual drink. They all drank that of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that the rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were for our example. Are you listening? This is for your example. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they did. Neither be idolaters as some of them. As written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. They didn't care about anything else. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day, 23,000. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpents. Neither murmur as some of them did and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all of these things happened to them for example. So we would stop being stupid. It just hasn't worked yet. And they are written for admonition to spank us upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that think he stands take heed lest you fall. 
There's no temptation that has taken you such as common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able to handle. But will with the temptation also make a way for you to escape, that you may be able to bear it. Therefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak to wise men, judge you what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are partakers of that one bread. Behold, Israel after the flesh are not they which eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? What say I then? That the idol is anything or that which is offered as sacrifice to idols is anything? But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have any, any fellowship with the devils. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of the devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of the devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we somehow stronger than him? Not happening, right? Second Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 3. <clears throat> Blessed be God, even the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort them which are in trouble as well, by the same comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. We're learning what we're learning so we can help others. Yeah. Right? Message doesn't change anywhere through here. That's why we're learning. So how many people can you help do what you're doing now? Hmm. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it's for your consolation and salvation, which is effective in the enduring of the same sufferings which we suffer, or whether we be comforted for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as you are partakers of the suffering, so shall you also be of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you be ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia. We were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired of life. We thought about taking our life, we thought it was over. But we had this sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. Who delivered us from such a great death and still does deliver. In whom we trust that he will, without question, deliver us. You also helping together by prayer for us. That the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanksgiving may be given by many on our behalf. That more people that we do this, it becomes contagious. More people start to grasp this. Chapter 5, verse 11. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, yikes, we persuade men. If we know the terror of the Lord, then we ought to persuade others, right? But I guess we've got to know it first. No, in such a way that we can't persuade us. It's kind of hard to persuade somebody to do something you're not doing. But we are made manifest or obvious unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. For we command not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that we, we may have, you may have something to answer them, which glory in appearance only and not in heart. For whether you be beside ourselves, it is to God. Whether we be sober, it's for your cause. For the love of Christ constrains us. Because we thus judge. If one died for all, then all are dead. Including all the sin with it. And he that died for all, and they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but in him which died for them and rose again. So that's what we ought to be doing, right? Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yes, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth from now on, we're going to know no one else. We're going to know this relationship with Christ in Christ alone. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 1. <coughs> Stand fast, therefore, the liberty wherein Christ has made us free. Take that liberty he gave you and accept it. Get off this nonsense, right? Stand fast to the liberty where he made you free so you can be free. And then you can help others get free too. Still stuck in your bondage is stupid. And do not become entangled again with that yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man 
that is circumcised and he's a debtor to the whole law. You want to talk about how you're going to church and you're, and you're right with God, you're doing all the legal, you're following the verses and the commandments. Oh, good luck. That's that circumcision of the law, which it says is only going to bring wrath, right? Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever you are justified by the law, because you have fallen from the grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. How do we do it? Through the Spirit. And through faith, not by works. For in Jesus, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. You did run well. So who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? There's persuasion didn't come of him that called you. A little leaven's going to leaven that whole lump. So I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will none otherwise be minded. You'll get your mind in order. But he that troubles you shall bear judgment, whoever that's going to be. Whoever has been messing with you is going to pay for it. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Wherefore I also, I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and, and love unto all the saints. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that you'll have what you're looking for in him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what's that hope of his calling on your life. And what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What's in it for us? He goes, I got you, man. You need to pay attention. And what is the exceeding greatness of this power to us who believe? That we'll know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Who which he brought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, above, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world, one which is to come. He's put all things under his feet and gave them to be head over all the things of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all and all. Chapter 2, verse 11. Wherefore, remember... The Jew being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision of the flesh by, by hands, that at the time when you were without Christ, you being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, Christ Jesus who was sometimes afar off are made near by the blood of Christ. We've been received in by his blood. Chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beg you that you would walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit of the bond of peace. Because there is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called, in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Amen. But every but to every one of you, of us, is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. We've all been given the grace. We should walk in it. Philippians chapter 1, verse 20. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by my life or by my death. For to me is Christ, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Him talking about all that matters is whether I'm dead or alive. I just want to make sure Jesus is getting glorified. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. We give thanks, all right, to God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since you heard since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, wherever you heard before the word of truth of the gospel, which is coming to you as it is unto all the world and brings forth fruit, as it does also in you, we hope, right, fruit? Since the day you heard it and knew the grace of God in that truth, as you also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. 
For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. We desire that you might be filled with all of the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord into all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthen with all might, according to the glorious power, unto all the patience, long-suffering, with joyfulness. Giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of our sins. Verse 21. And you, that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind, just going to do a little street sweeping here, okay? After you've had this message thus far, just for you that were still screwed up, thinking that you're enemies or alienated in your mind by wicked works, he's reconciled that, so stop it already. In the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If you continue the flesh grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, which was preached unto every creature which is under heaven, whereof Paul says, I'm a minister. Learning the process through. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is once again the church. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me to you, for you, to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which has been hidden from the ages of the generations, but now is made obvious to the saints. So I guess you don't have an excuse, right? Because it's been made obvious. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hmm. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You all know this one. But the times and the seasons, brethren, I have known, you have no need that I write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord is coming as a thief of the night. For when they shall say, shall say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with a child, and they shall not escape. Yikes! Peace and safety. No problem, I got this, I'm good. But you are not in that darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. It might, because you might be playing in darkness. But you're not of that darkness. I pulled you out a long time ago. Therefore, let us not. You are children of the light and of the children of the day. We're not of the night nor of the darkness. Let us, therefore, not sleep as others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. They that are drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together. And edify one another, even as also you do. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. For bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Wherefore he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast. Hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or by our epistle. Now the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which has loved us and has given us an everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, let him comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and every good work. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. If we brought nothing into this world, it's pretty certain we're not going to carry anything out with us. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they which will be rich fall into temptation and a snare to many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil. 
which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight that good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Where do you have been called and a a good profession before many witnesses? I give you charge. I challenge you. In the sight of God who quickens all things and before Christ Jesus who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession that you keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ which in this times he shall show who is the blessed and only royalty, potent and King of kings, Lord of lords who only has immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto whom no man has seen nor can see to whom be honor and power and power everlasting. Amen. Amen. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has already appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Hmm. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purifying himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority, and let no man despise thee. Three one. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be not brawlers but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For ourselves also were sometimes foolish disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice, envy, hateful, and hating one another. So he just wanted to make sure our resume was in there so we knew that he was talking to us, right? But that after the kindness and the love of God, our Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he had shed upon shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that you would affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto all men. But avoid the foolish questions, the genealogies, the contentions, the strivings about the law, because they're unprofitable and they're vain. Hebrews. Chapter 3, verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle, the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all of his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who has builded the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that has built all things is God. And Moses truly was faithful in all of his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. James chapter 1. Verse Two, two, four. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into by, to diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith is going to work patience. And let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Go to 12. Blessed is the man that endures that temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, though I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempts he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and then enticed. And when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is bring, when it's finished, is bring forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness. Neither is there any shadow of him turning around and going the way of the way. Of his own will, 
He helped us be born again. By, begot us with the word of truth. That we would be kind of a first fruits of His nature. First Peter. Chapter 1, verse 3. I'm going to have to get a whole new page in my Bible on this one here. Blessed is the God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3. Which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again. Remember He just said begot, He begot us? Well, He begotten us again. Unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. You, if who are kept by the power of God through faith and salvation, ready to be revealed the last time. If you're kept by the power of God, it's for you. Hmm. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in some heaviness through medical temptations to the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold. That perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found into praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, and whom thou now you see him not yet believe, rejoice with a joy that's unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. A salvation that the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of his grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which in them did signify when it testified beforehand about the sufferings of Christ and the glory that would follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us. By the way, it didn't stop them, did it? They just kept prophesying, kept going. But not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported to you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into, knowing that I teach you from what he's taught me. First John. Chapter 3. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are the sons of God. Now we are the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope is purifies himself, even as Christ is pure. But whosoever commits sin transgresses the law. Also the law for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away these sins, and in him there is none. No sin. Whosoever abides in him then sins not. Whosoever sins has not even seen him, neither has he ever known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he was righteous. He that commits sin is of the devil. For the devil sins from the beginning for the purpose of God. The Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. For his seed remains in him. The seed of Christ remains in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. And this is the children of God are manifest. And the children of the devil also. Whosoever does not righteousness is not of God. Neither him that does not love his brother. Chapter 5, last but not least. Verse 11. 511. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that has the Son has this life. He that has not the Son has not life. These things I've written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So like right now, if you're a mess, and you'd like to stop being a mess, and you ask Him something to say, can you please help me not be a mess anymore? He's willing to listen and help you. But if you don't ask Him, good luck. If any man sees. And if we know that he, that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. If any man sees his brother sin a sin that's not to death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not to death. There's a sin unto death, I do not say that he'll pray for it. All righteousness is, all unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. 
We know that whatsoever is born of God sins not. Hmm. But he that is begotten of God keeps himself. And that wicked one touches him not. Can't touch him. And we know that we are of God and the whole world lies in wickedness. We know we're in a basket of problems here, right? And we know the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true. And we are in Him that is true, even in the Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, please, please, keep yourself from idols. Amen. Amen. There's your message. So, I kind of reiterated what I talked about Tuesday night. I kind of landed this whole idea about where we're at tonight. But are we walking and going on with him? Or are we going on and doing our stuff our own way? Every excuse you had got, got just, just crushed tonight. If you want to read this again or <coughs> want to listen to it again. But you all seem to have excuses. And there isn't any. You're not doing this. It's because you don't want to yet. You've got something out there you think you want more. Well, I sure hope you get it before it's too late. And I hope you turn around. Because if it's end up too late and you don't get turned around, there ain't no option about eternal life for you in heaven. There's an eternal life, well, eternal death. Death in an everlasting, eternal lake of fire. I don't know, don't know why that is so hard to get it through a head of a bunch of people that I've been teaching for 18 years. Makes no sense to me. This is, a, this is, this is preschool, kids. So I'll go back to preschool and teach you from then on up if I got to. It's kind of crazy when you got your brother back here, Danny, talking about the same stuff I've been talking about, huh? You find out that he's hearing the same things, seeing the same things I've been telling you, and I don't even talk to him about it. There's a place for you all to be getting to, and it ain't here. It's get your ass right here so you can come with us. But I'm going to tell you something. You don't get right here. You're stuck, and this is, this is the closest thing to heaven you'll ever see. For those of you that want to know Jesus and want to go home and have eternal life, it's the closest thing to hell you ever see. But see, what I like is I get to live in the spiritual realm all while the natural realm is going to hell. Don't care. I can't fix this. It says scripturally, it's not my job to fix it. There's nothing I can do about it. I just got to make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and helping whoever wants to come with me. Consider what I say and Lord add, you know, the understanding and the wisdom and the revelation to you to back it up. Quicken it to you. Father, we come before you and say thank you, Lord, for this time. Ask, Lord God, your spirit move and mold and shape each and every one of our lives. That you'd be glorified. We'd be high and lifted up in your presence. And Lord, these <coughs> excuses would be over, be done, be gone. The messages would continue to clobber us and bring us back on track the right way for the right reasons, Lord God. So we'll give you praise. We'll give you thanks. We'll give you honor and glory for all that you're bringing us through, Lord God, knowing that you are faithful, faithful, faithful. And we have to learn how to be faithful and walk in the grace of God with every aspect of our life. And while we learn these things, Lord God, we want to thank you for all your time that you spend with us, the long-suffering and the patience you've had with us for our foolishness. So we give you the praise, the honor, the glory, and thanks for all these things. We do it through the precious blood and in the precious name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen and amen. Amen.